Sorry to jet, but we're in a hurry. We're The Gamer Show with Brad and Charles. Hiya, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Gamer Show with Brad and Charles. Um, I'm not running solo tonight, but um, I'm going to be heading this panel, I guess you can say. Uh, yeah, how are you tonight, well, Charles? I mean, I'm, I'm here. Uh-huh. It, it's, been, it's been a week. Um, <laughs> it's been a week both personally and professionally, and it's, I'm, I, I need another, I need a week off and that's not happening for a while. So yeah. Charles is having a case of the Mondays all week. Yeah, pretty much. I ended up working. So for those who don't know, uh, I, I work in the back office for a bank. I'm not going to say who, because they don't sponsor the show. And anyways, I was dealing with a project thing and I worked a 12 hour day on Friday and I've been working today and we're recording on Sunday here and I've been working for a while now and I still have more work to do tonight. So yeah, that's where my head is right now. But otherwise, like, again, it's, it's fine. It's fine, I guess. Well, um, so because of, um, the obvious work stress and everything. We thought we'd sort of lighten things up tonight and have a little fun. No news, no reading news articles, no trying to talk, no talking MTG um, or Magic the Gathering or anything like that, which by the way, I saw a tweet from Charles the other day where he hasn't opened, what, you haven't opened MTG Arena in a while? It's actually, I still haven't as of today, so it's been over a week that I haven't opened Arena. All right, way uh, to go. Y- well, so here's the thing about it. Like, Uh-oh. yeah, you opened up a you opened up a Pandora's box here. Uh, the news just isn't getting any better with them. Um, first of all, I'm I would talk news about this, except for I wouldn't know what the fuck I'm talking about, which isn't necessarily new for me. But, um, but the biggest problem is so Hasbro has their quarterly uh you know earnings meetings and stuff like that and the ceo of hasbro was talking about doing nfts for magic the gathering which a i don't know what the fucking nft is except for non-fungible transaction that's all I know. And I know it involves experiences and not necessarily actual items that you would hold in your hand. And it's all like Bitcoin and st- it's all very blockchain-y type thing. And yeah, it's all fake money, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it's real money. That's the thing. It's just not, no, it's not fake physical money, money. that yeah, you can exchange for real money, but yes, it's fake money. Yeah. Yes. And it's just like, I don't think we need to be going there with Magic the Gathering. It's already Hasbro's probably most profitable part of their business right now is Magic the Gathering. Uh, but the biggest thing, like, that that has nothing to do with why I haven't been on Arena. I haven't been on Arena because the Arena economy sucks. To try and play Magic the Gathering on Arena with just a free account, with not putting in your own money, that's hard, is, by the way. It's incredibly hard. And with mm. ev- every three months, a new set comes out. And trying to keep up with that and play the standard. And, and again, you're, the, the whole idea behind Marie, Arena was so that way 
and this is the worst part about arena for me like people grind arena because they're they're now their pro system is based off of arena and how well you do in arena gets you an invite to to a mythic championship tournament which can get you into the pro league kind of but to do that you've got to grind magic the gathering in one of two formats either constructed or limited so constructed is you build a deck from your collection and you play against other people in a rank system it's just like hearthstone in that respect but if you get to a certain rank a certain top 1000 i think it is of that rank then you're invited to that special tournament to do that you have to grind so many games a magic gathering and i have a full-time job Plus I stream on the side and my stream isn't always magic, the gathering and it's almost never magic, the gathering arena anymore. So yeah, I have never tried to grind to get to what's called mythic, um, to try and, uh, make it to that tournament. And Basically, to build the top tier decks anymore, you've got to use the newer cards that have just come out. So to get the newer cards, you either have to play a bunch of limited to get the cards from your limited events that you enter in, which cost money, or you have to buy a ton of booster packs, which cost money. And if you don't open the cards you need in the booster packs, you have to keep opening more packs, which costs you more money. You do get wild cards you can use but most of the top tier decks use rare mythic wild cards and those are pretty rare in the game the other problem is there's no dusting in magic the gathering arena so if you get more than four cards of the same four of the same card oh well you get progress towards a vault and it's hidden you can't tell what your progress is. Eventually you'll get wild cards for it, but it is so few the number of wild cards that that's not a reliable way to get the wild cards you need to build the decks you want to build. I'm just not about throwing my money and, and, and you can't trade the cards on there. You can't dust cards to make other cards. You can't do anything else on there to make it easier for you to get those cards. So, and it's not like you can redeem the cards to get actual physical cards because it is an actual physical card game. So I've, and with really the content creator program that we spoke about in the last episode, I'm just not about, I'm just not about that life that much on arena. So I just haven't even opened it. So you've been mainly mainly you've been streaming um oh shoot that other game the one with the, um, the mine mine shaft or, cra- or uh, Minecraft. Minecraft yeah thank yeah you. Mine- <laughs> I've, I've been playing I've been playing a bunch more Minecraft I do play Magic the Gathering on Mondays but it's usually over webcam oh, okay. it's paper it's physical paper games that I'm playing with other friends that's cool that's cool oh. um so I'm D&D. still playing nope. Magic but yeah. I'm just not doing it on Arena where it would cost me more. money. Right, right. You're you're playing it the the correct way. Uh, 
eventually we'll get back to the point where we can actually do the gathering part of magic the gathering mm-hmm. and i feel like we're getting closer to that day mm-hmm. and i'm definitely feeling more comfortable since i am i'm now a month out since my second shot of the vaccine at this point and i have felt a lot more comfortable going out in public because of that like the anxiety i've had going out to get my groceries has been a lot less it's been there because people can't keep their fucking mask over your nose especially where i live and i still wear a mask when i go anywhere out in public but it's one of those things like the anxiety of me going out i actually so last weekend i actually went out and had dinner for the first time in a in a restaurant since the pandemic began well that's a, yeah that that's cool i mean that's that's one thing um what by the time we record next i would have had my second shot so by the end of end of may um both uh, my husband and i will be fully vaccinated so yay i can't wait to actually i'm yep. really happy for you there because so. again uh, i'm sure you you go into the office oh yeah right yeah, but we still wear masks in the office. Right, and, but yeah. still, it's it's still a point of possible exposure to it. You know, to to the virus or not? Yeah, it is a virus. What am I thinking here? Um, it's it's a possible exposure to it and putting yourself at risk. You know, and that's like it's it's an anxiety, even if it's a small one for you. I mean, it's an anxiety to- you have. Not to play devil's advocate or anything, but everything in life's a risk. Even without the pandemic, me going to work was still a risk because I walk almost. I walk a mile from the train when I get off the train. I walk a mile from the train station to work. So, I mean, everything's a risk. Right, but I mean, this one was a very, a very tangible and very. It it was very much more likely to get this. You know what I'm saying. Someone's you, you know, getting hit by a car because people don't pay attention when they're driving. But I don't know. Maybe again, again, we're not. I'm. I'm not trying to. Definitely not trying to argue anything. I understand where you're coming from, but I. I, I think it's just a difference in perspective between the two of us. As yeah. far as as far as the anxiety goes. So. I mean, for me, there was real anxiety because I w- I am a high risk person for it. You know, for complications from COVID. And that was kind of one of the things like I've been very open about the fact that I'm diabetic. I mean, if you've seen a picture of me, you know, I'm the fat ass too. And so it's one of those things that I was, I was definitely high risk for, um, for complications, you know, serious complications to COVID. And so I've had that anxiety every time I've had to go out to get my medication to go out and just get groceries. Um, you know, I've, I've had anxiety about it because I'm like, what if this is the time I go out and someone coughs on me and I get it, you know, how bad is it going to be for me? That sort of thing. Um, I live on my own. Um, and you know, like, so I get sick and, you know, I, I can't get to my phone for whatever reason or whatever. And I need help. Like it's another anxiety added onto it. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And I think about those things because I'm also very neurotic. If you, if you didn't know me, um, and, uh, it, it, it's just one of those things that 
again, it, it, it's one of those things that just kind of pile on and, and makes you worry, even if there's not even a really good reason to. But I was being overly cautious about it because of that fact. And, and you know what? I, I, there's other people around me, too, that are at high risk of it, too, that I didn't want to get sick either because there was a chance of that happening, too. So I'm glad I'm, I'm through that. I'm glad I'm feeling better about going out in public. I'm probably well after this pandemic is over. I'm probably just going to keep continue to wear masks. A, because the past year, I've not been sick. Not physically. Mentally, sure. That I've been sick for years, but that's a whole different subject. So. So, well, tonight, um, because of everything, <laughs> I, I thought it would be a good idea just to kind of lighten the mood and kind of talk about a game that we've had in our past, um, just he and I both, separate games. But a game that's meant something to me, or something that's meant one that's meant something to him, that was always his go our go to games as, as children or growing up as teenagers, that followed us into adulthood. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of fun just to kind of liven things up tonight um, with a little um, with that. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start tonight. Um, okay. Mine is Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo. Oh, Lord, here we go. Uh-huh. What do you mean, here we go? <laughs> what do you mean, oh, Lord, here we go? No, Turtles in Time isn't that bad. Turtles in Time, wasn't that one the arcade game as well? The really popular arcade game? Well, it was the sequel. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, um, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. the um, Turtles 2 for the NES was based off, or Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES was based off the original 89 arcade game nerd yes. coming out in me and then turtles in time was the sequel to that but yes 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 okay yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. So. that that's that's why i was thinking about it yeah so all right um mm -hmm. so what do I have i'm trying to think of where to, huh do i have your curiosity up oh i mean I a, a little bit but um I mean, yeah, let, let's hear let's hear your reasoning behind that first, because huh. I've, I've got some interesting thoughts on this, I think. Okay. Um, well, I I mean, I've been playing video games since the days of the Atari 2600. Um, and so I've got a, a love, love with video games in general, but none of them, and, and I've got a lot of good memories associated with them, um, but none of them the first one to really hit me was the turtles the turtles in time because that was always my go-to game when I came home from, um, when I came home from school, um, just to kind of relax, take the stress out. Um, that was one of those games that, um, I could, I could complete, I could beat on its normal, it's hard mode. It's hardest difficulty mode, um, in about, 25 minutes I think and I would just play that game just to kind of release some stress for when I was bored um, and and try to see how quick I could go back through it um, and it just I just have this amazing love for that game I think it's one of the in my opinion I think it's one of the um, one of the best games ever created it's fun it's challenging uh, it's fair 
And I know um, I've said Battletoads is fair, so a lot of people may di may disagree with my definition of fair. But this one truly is fair. Um, the only problem with that game is the um, the boss fight with Slash, which is the uh, the mutant turtle um, that, uh, that that you have to fight about halfway through the game. The boss fight with Slash is that's where the difficulty ramps up tremendously. Mm -hmm. And if you can make it through that boss fight, you can you can complete that game because that's to me that ball that fight was even harder than Super Shredder at the end of the game. So, okay. but okay. that game it was re-released in two thousand nine. It was remade in sort of a three D type type game in two thousand nine with um what was it um turtles in time reshelled i think it was that came out for the 360 and the ps ps3 um and i owned that for the 360 and it it allowed multi obviously multiplayer over their networks and it's just it, it's one of those games that i have fond memories of and i would and i have been searching out and and would absolutely love to see a, a true re-release of the original super nintendo version but um but yeah no i love it okay uh-huh I like the Ninja Turtles. Have you heard? So this is sidetracking here a little bit here. Uh -oh. Have you? Have you? Well, it, it involves the Ninja Turtles, uh -huh. so it's it's not much of a sidetrack here. But um, I recommended. I think it was a couple about a month or two ago. Um, a stand-up comedian by the name of uh, Hannah Gadsby. Her uh, her Douglas uh, her Douglas stand-up routine from uh, Netflix. Uh -huh. She actually talks about the Ninja Turtles on there, mm -hmm. and that, um, uh, and I can't, I, I can't do it justice, but I highly suggest you go check it out because she has a bit about that, and it's hilarious about the fact that Raphael shouldn't be there. I'm gonna have to check that out. What do you mean, Raphael he shouldn't be there? Because the other three were named after uh, Renaissance artists. Correct. Raphael wasn't in the Renaissance. To which point? He was dead. He was dead way before then. <laughs> and that's her, that's kind of her. That's kind of her oh, joke with about it. That's, her, that's kind of her joke about the like they were named after uh, Renaissance artists, and he was dead decades before that happened. So why was he? Why was he included in Ninja Turtles? That makes no sense whatsoever. And I could be absolutely messing that up. It could be Donatello. I'm not sure which one it is off the top of my head, but one of the two, one of them was not from the Renaissance. Okay. Um, but don't you be messing with my my, my Raphael? Raphael's my favorite. It, it it it's so worth it. You should, really should watch it. Yeah, but Raphael's should, my favorite. Don't 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 say Raphael shouldn't be there. No, 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 I, I, uh -huh. you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shame your selection on Ninja Turtles. Uh -huh. Um, I, I also saw another article where they were compared to the Golden Girls, so that's a whole different subject on its own. Oh my God! <laughs> and how a lot of TV shows, including cartoons, involve four characters that have very similar traits to, to each other, like that. So how the golden girls are a lot like the Ninja Turtles are a lot like, um, Oh God, what's another one? Uh, like even big bang theory and 
other shows like the, the even more recent shows and stuff. So um, it's actually very interesting. So, oh my god. Okay, so so I'm not even going to ask which Golden Girl is which Ninja, Ninja Turtle. I have no idea. I just know there's an article about it. So, so um, anyway, um, you can make anything you want when you write. Which, by the way, me me trying to describe. Remember, folks, I'm a storyteller. I'm a writer. Uh-huh. I love telling stories, but yet apparently I'm horrible at explaining why I like things, because I did it in about what five minutes. Um, <laughs> I mean, fair. So, so what, uh, you had a few retorts about that? I mean, those are kind of it for me. Like, it's very interesting. Like, I always found that it was a, a pretty fun game, but I always, I never really played any of the turtle games on the Nintendo itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them I did the arcade stuff. Um, that's why I was like, Turtles in Time, isn't that the one from the arcade? Yes. Um, and, and that that's, that's why I get kind of the, the mental image of that being an arcade game and not necessarily NES. And there was one Turtles game, I want to say, that was like a top-down Turtles game, and it was really bad. But I don't think that was it by any That was anymore. not it. You're thinking of the first Ninja Turtles game for the NES. Yeah, It had the top-down did... world map, and then you, each level was a side-scrolling level. Yeah. yeah, and it was really kind of awful. And I, I was kind of thinking you were talking that at first, but then you were telling me about it, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. That definitely is not what he's talking about. No, so. no, 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 no. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Uh-uh. Yeah. That game was so, bad. yeah, no, that game was that game was very bad. No. So, um, at least it wasn't Battletoads, but that's a whole different Oh, Battletoads is a good game, but it didn't influence me. It didn't... That, that's I don't fair. carry it with me like uh, like like I did that one. So, you know, Battletoads Battletoads is fun, fun to play with friends, which by the way, Battletoads is great to play two player when you're just trying to see who can kill the who can kill each other um first. So, cuz Battletoads so- had friendly fire. There was no way around that. You could beat the crap out of each other. So, yeah. So, when it comes to my answer for this, you're probably going to hate it. Okay. Um, mainly because is it the Barbie I'm... game for the NES. Yes, it's absolutely the Barbie game for the NES. No, it is not the Barbie game for the NES. And now Charles, I have a little more question. Is going to be how does Brad know there was a Barbie game for the NES? Oh please, I've seen it played on the Game Grumps. <laughs> I don't even need to ask that question. Like, and I've seen them play multiple Barbie games. I, it's content. All right, I get it. And Brad's answer um, would be Brad had a sister, but go ahead. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh-huh. You had a sister, great. Yes. Um, oh, I still have. She's still alive, very much alive. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't say she was dead. No, but you said I had in past tense. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of cop out the, the answer to this question. And the reason why is I didn't have really one game in particular that I carried through all the way through. Uh-huh. Um, to like now from my childhood uh-huh. it because I didn't invest myself into one particular game all that much growing up I mean I because didn't invest a, myself into one game I still played multiple games and stuff but that was just right but it wasn't like it wasn't I, I never really had like a go to game like the closest I think I could say the thing is it all depended on the era for me like 
for me, when it, I guess the Atari, there wasn't really anything like I just, I switched between all the different games there. Cause they were all pretty similar. If we're being completely honest. Right. That was right. That's part. why, that's why I narrowed the Atari out. Yeah. Yeah. So like the first time I like really would get into a game and play it over and over again was the original legend of Zelda. Um, that was kind of the first one. And it doesn't surprise me that that that's the one I kind of gravitate to for that. But then you get into like the super Nintendo days. And then, then that's kind of when I jumped over into the, um, into the Mario world and super Mario world was what I played most on there. Uh But then the other game I can think of on this, on the super Nintendo that I really enjoyed and, but I didn't play it a lot, but I really enjoyed it. And and I I need to go back and play it again with super Mario RPG. You know, it's a good game. I never did play enough of it to, to, to beat it, but that was a good game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it it still is a really good game. And it's one of those, I've seen some other content creators and stuff playing it again since it, I can't remember if it's on the Switch now or not. I don't uh, know if it is. It's not on the Switch. It's on the um, SNES It's on the uh, Super the Nintendo Classic, yeah. Classic yeah. yeah. Which I don't have that. And it's also right over here in my game in my um cabinet full of my old super nintendo games i still have the physical copy i don't ha- i don't have my phys- physical super nintendo games or console anymore i haven't had that for ages i foolishly traded that in and why i i don't know it was really a bad decision on my part yeah i, I kind of did the same thing with my nes games and i highly regret it but my super nintendo games i still have but then I think back about the Sega games and, you know, I, I played Sega. I, I played so many different systems and stuff growing up. And my my level of interest in each system kind of waxed and waned through the years. And so, like, there was a time where I was playing the Sega Genesis a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, we even got the Sega CD and was mm-hmm. playing, like, Sewer Shark and stuff like that on it, and even though that game was kind of awful. All of those live-action um, games on the Sega CD world. Yeah, they they really really they yeah. really were quite. Sega awful. CD did have some good games though. Sonic CD was good. Um, Sonic CD was pretty good. Was, I contest that Sonic CD might be one of the last really good Sonic games. It is. I, I, I yeah yeah it is that that is the last extremely good Sonic game. So. And then they just went off the rails with yep. some of their games. Some of their games are just flat awful. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, I played that, like, I didn't really gravitate to anything except for, like, Sonic the Hedgehog there. And it was mainly Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, I never really played the first one that much on there, but the second one I played quite a bit. And the only other game um, on, on, on the Sega that I really played quite a bit, and it, it had a lot of gameplay to it, and that's kind of why, was Kid Chameleon. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon was a really deep game. It was one of those you really couldn't kind of plan out how you were going to go about through the game because there was enough randomness to it. Um, because some of the portals you would go into would take you to a different part of the game altogether. Uh-huh. 
And sometimes you really couldn't even tell where you were in the game because of that. Yeah. So, um, and, and and during that time, I was like into like the Sega's Sega's uh, into the Sega stuff. I uh, the Dreamcast. I was a latecomer to the Dreamcast after its after its glory days, which was only about fifteen days. You know, um, the funny thing about the Dreamcast is, I don't really have a fond. Me- I mean, I have a lot of fond memories of games. I still think uh-huh. that is one of the best gaming console consoles ever created. I think it's an interesting console. I think the the graphical part of the controller that you plugged in the memory card thing was a very interesting concept that no one explored Mm -hmm. before after that. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not sure that was necessarily the right thing to do because I think Nintendo got it as close to it as possible when they came out with their DS, the game boy DS. Um, I think that's the closest anyone's come to doing something like that. It was a neat concept, but I I don't think that many people really, because the whole point of it was you could use the screen offline, like with, um, what was it, Sonic Adventure, those little things that you could raise in Sonic Adventure, you could... Yeah, it was almost like like a Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was almost like a Tamagotchi. Um but it wasn't. Yeah. Um, I want to say, wasn't there, was there a final fantasy game on that, on that Ooh. console? What on this, on the, Could, on the Sega, on the um, Dream, Dreamcast? No. Um, I thought there was, because I thought there was something with like a Chocobo on. No, no, because at that point they were still all in with Sony. I don't know. I, I again, it's one of those, it's one of those I I would like to see for sure. Um, there was something I could have swore with the actual because the way the memory card you could pull it out and it was basically like a little bitty console on its own, right? And you could play like mini games on it away right. from the away from the console. Um, and they plugged into the controller. There was actually a slot in the top of the controller for it. Yeah, there were um, two slots in the controller, so you could have that plugged in plus the rumble pack thing for it. Yeah, yeah. the rumble pack was like on the bottom, I think, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Which that's a whole different concept people don't get now. Uh, kids, especially now, don't get is the fact that rumble packs were not part of the controller originally. No, Nintendo actually introduced that. Uh, they yes. introduced the rumble pack. Yes. Yes. I think the first time it was actually part of a game not necessarily the controller was on the on the game uh on the game boy because i i think they put it yeah there were certain game boy games that it it had so they had they really uh, nintendo was really big on experimenting with stuff they still are uh n64 had the packs on there but the game boy the game boy actually had it to where there were some parts of there was I think a version of the Pokemon that actually would rumble. I could swear there was a rumble function on some, some of the controller of on some of the games. Yeah. Unless it was some sort of an add-on. Maybe. Because my first memory of the rumble was the N64. Yeah, N64 is definitely the most yeah. widely known one I yeah. I know of. But I know with the, so like with the Game Boy though, they had, 
so I think there was like some games that actually I know with the Pokemon one you input the time of day for one of them and it actually helped so if you were playing at night you got different things popping up as opposed to if you were playing during the day I remember that being a thing Somebody, and it had like an internal clock. Uh-huh. Somebody changed the date. Somebody hacked a game. Well, yeah, of course they did. Uh-huh, of course. Yeah. I've done games like that. Games that have day-night cycles that, that revolve around the console's time and date. I've changed that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there were stupid achievements on the 360 where I changed the date just to get the achievement because you had to get the achievement on a specific date. You know, like Thanksgiving oh, Day or something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or New That's Year's. Right. Or... Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, yeah some of those were a pain in the they ass. They were a pain I in the ass. So I just changed the date. <laughs> now, go ahead. That's right. Um, so, but yeah, like, that's kind of my problem is, like, I didn't, I didn't really grab it. Depending on what console I was playing at the time or what handheld I was playing at the time, I, it like kind of revolved around that game. I mean, I've been playing games for a long time. Well, yeah. Now, I will say, if we talk outside of the video gaming realm... Then we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering. No, actually we're not. We're going to talk about Dungeons & Dragons? No, although I, I do have a story about Dungeons & which is we're going to talk about Monopoly. No, God, no. Clue? Clue would be fun, but no, actually, Parcheesi? my game... No, so here's Shoots the and thing. Ladders? God, no. Candyland? No, my brother always cheated at Candyland. Risk! Risk was awful. You know, uh, oh, sorry. No. Trouble! Are you going to let checkers? me actually say, are you actually going to let me say the name of the game? Because you probably actually have never heard of it before. Go ahead. So the game that I remember growing up playing, especially with family um, all the time. And I've actually got a copy of it here in the room with me is Tripoli. Believe it or not, I've heard of it. Never played it. So I actually have, actually two different copies of it in the room with me. Mm -hmm. uh, one is actually the one that I got from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other one was given to me as a gift by my mom ages ago. So I have my own copy of the game. And basically it's like rummy and gin kind of mixed together with poker. Um, but that's kind of how I learned to count growing up was playing this game with my grandmother, my mom, my brother, and pretty much anyone in the family that wanted to play the game with us. Like that's how we, that's how we played the game. That's how we learned to count was playing card games. That's cool. And Tripoli was, Tripoli was kind of the one was kind of the one game that we like, we gravitated towards because it was the easy, we all understood the rules and didn't have to remember the points counting or anything like that and stuff like that. We all knew the rules. We all knew how to play it. And we all knew, um, you know, just how, how to, how to do everything with it. So. Damn it. What? Here I am talking about a video game that 
I got a lot out of because it allowed me to be alone. And 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 you're talking about a game that really did influence you, gave you family time and everything. Like I remember, like again, we would pull this out whenever we got together for Thanksgiving or Easter or whenever we got together as a family. This was something we played. Now, now I'm know. going to change my answer. Because well, I wasn't I mean, even thinking I, along those lines. I was thinking video game. But you know what? This is a gaming show that revolves around all types of gamings. Right. Games. So what the hell? Um, Skipbo was that for me. Skipbo, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I've played Skipbo. Yeah, that, was, that, that literally is exactly what you're talking about, where that was something where any type of family gathering or, or anything like that, we would always bring out Skipbo. Everybody knew the rules. Nobody had to look any you know we we all we'd all you know get around and and play as a family or or play with friends or or whatnot that was just kind of a go-to game for a long time growing up so for me that that that's kind of the more interesting question for me is like because and we don't talk about it a lot here on on the this uh podcast but i i feel like there's still there's still a space to be explored with um the board gaming uh, part of the world as well. Um, one of the things, so like one of the things that I, I'm not just a video gamer. I love playing board games. You know, I think uh, we both do. We both do. Yep. We probably do, but we probably like very different games. I'm very much in the, so I, first of all, I've gone to a board game convention. Mm-hmm. I've gone to a board game convention many times. As a matter of fact, uh, here in, so I live in the St. Louis area. If you didn't know, I don't know how you didn't know. Cause I talk about it all the time. And I but live one in Florida the, if you didn't know. Right. And if you, um, up until last year, every year in the summer, usually right around my birthday or in May, it used to be in May and then they had to move it to June. It, it's a whole logistic thing for that. But, um, there's a board game convention that takes place here in St. Louis every year it's called geekway to the west you've talked about that yeah i don't know if it's been on the show or not but you've talked about i don't it. Yeah. i don't think it's been on the show mm-hmm. um we've we've really kind of kind of gravitated towards mainly um mainly video games on here mm-hmm. so but it's a good branching out point to talk about board games and stuff because uh for, if it wasn't for geekway to the west first of all i've got a very close knit group of friends that we like to board game together with and um, the one person in our group who I actually work with at work was like, hey, you should come do this board game convention. You'd have a lot of fun. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I did that and it was four days, 24 hours a day. They literally had the hall open, just open for tw- all 24 hours of the day to, to play nothing but board games. And it was a whole convention center just full of people playing board games. And it was a blast. I There were vendors there. It was like a full-on uh, convention. Um, I walked out of there purchasing several games. I won a game for free. Well, you got a game for free for just registering for the event. And um, you, you, um, I, you could play and win games. So you registered that you played these games. And then there was a random chance at the end of the thing that you got to... Uh, basically you checked out the games throughout the entire weekend and put after you played the game, you would put your, put uh return it back to the library and put down 
who all played the game and your rankings of the game as to, you know, if you liked it or not. Uh, just to give kind of feedback on um, to the to the board uh, for the board game, so other people can kind of get an idea of how many people liked the game, how many people didn't. And then at the end of the weekend, that particular game that had been played all weekend by board game geeks, basically, um, was given away for free to one of the people who played the game over the weekend. Um, it's a really cool concept. And it also like, it's kind of ingenious in its own right, because these games were purchased by the group that runs this event and they just don't have the space to hold all these games. Cause we were talking thousands of people go to this every year. I think it's like 20 up to 2,500 people a year now, uh, for each time they do this. And so they can't hold all these games and they usually have about 75 to hundred games to check out from the library for the weekend that you can possibly win. And, um, what's kind of nice about it is yes, it's a used game. It's an open game and people have used it all weekend, but these are all board game geeks. And these are all people that want to win the game themselves. So they're invested in making sure all the pieces get back in the box. They're making sure that it's all in really good shape. So it, it's, it's not, you're getting, yes, you're getting a used board game at the end of the weekend. If you end up getting drawn out of the hat for this, but it's, it's really kind of cool because you're getting a game that's been played, loved and, and you get and you've played it already. So you know what the game's about and everything, and you can take it home and play it with your friends and family that weren't able to go to the board game convention with you. Um, and I've won a couple of games with that. Now, granted, I've been to like 10 years worth of the, eh, maybe not 10 years of the convention like this, but a lot of them. And I've really enjoyed it. And it, because of it, I've become a big, much bigger board game enthusiast than I ever thought I would be. Like I played card games growing up with my, with my family. You know, Tripoli is a good example of that. It's really a card game that's been kind of made into a board game by mixing three card games together. Um, but the board game, but the board games have been kind we, we didn't play a whole lot of board games growing up. Uh, we had a few, like we had the staples and stuff like that. We, I like Uno's kind of hard to call it as a cart as a board game, but it kind of is. Um, but we played like, sorry, we played like sorry and you know Candyland yeah. when we were younger uh -huh. and stuff like that and thank god we never got into monopoly that much um although i do have a monopoly set here that i haven't opened in ages we got more into like trivial pursuit oh i love trivial pursuit i'm awful at the game but i still enjoy it you know i love clue i love clue as well yeah, clue's I a very fun clue, clue I've well got a simpsons for... version of the clue of clue I actually, I've got an, just an original version uh -huh. of Clue. Yeah. Um, but I haven't played it for years. Uh -huh. um, but now some of my favorite types of games, board games that I play is uh, worker placement games. Uh -huh. um, or, or, you know, they're like uh, worker, worker placement games are basically like a resource management type games. Uh a good example of that would uh, one of the most most uh, known 
examples of that would be the Settlers of Catan. Yeah, I was going to say Settlers of Catan. Yeah. I like I like Settlers of Catan a lot, but that is not my favorite one. Uh, my favorite one is actually Lords of Waterdeep, which is, if you know anything about D&D lore, you know that that's kind of based off D&D a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that the, again, and I've really gotten into that, and one of the biggest things, one of the biggest money grabs for me has been, because of that, has been um, Kickstarter. Because there's a lot of those board games go on Kickstarter first. Mm-hmm. And I think I've backed about a half dozen board games and card games on Kickstarter, if not more than that. It's probably more than that, actually. Uh, I haven't actually received all the ones I've backed so far as of yet. Um, Because I'm waiting on one last one, Frosthaven, I believe is the last one I backed. And that one's going to take a while to get to me, but eventually I'll get it because they made a really popular one called Gloomhaven First. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the sequel to it. And I decided I'm going to back it because it was a pretty decent price. And now like Gloomhaven costs like $150 to purchase. Yeah. Um, and I, I did not pay that much for the Kickstarter for Frosthaven. So, yeah. and I'm it's ass- very much like a, and it's very much like a D and D type game. Yeah. And I'm assuming Frosthaven is going to be a lot, a lot like Gloomhaven as far as the, um, I've never played Gloomhaven, but the complexity of it goes, I guess, is the best way to put it. So Yes, it, yeah. it's going to be very similar in that yeah. respect to it. I have played Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. The first time I actually played it, it was still being um, being refined and stuff like that for the Kickstarter before they were actually publishing it to send it out for the, for, for the Kickstarter backers. Mm-hmm. So they actually took it to Geekway to the West one year and gave away a copy of like one of the first few in production copies of the game. Oh my God. It's like a steam early access. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Except for, for the most part, it's actually a refined game and you know, not everything can be submitted for early access. Yeah. And it won't sit in early access for 20 fucking years. Hey, now they've got Gloomhaven for, um, for the PC on Steam Early Access right now. Yes, no, I know they do. Yeah. Um, that just recently happened, as a matter of fact. Um, I think it partially happened because of the Kickstarter for Frosthaven. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's, that's kind of the thing. It's like, um, like I, I've, I've been more invested in like board games and card games my life than I have in video games, to be honest. But like if if I had a gun to my head and I was like, pick a game, it'd probably have to be like the first thing that would come out of my mouth for a video game might be the original Legend of Zelda. Okay, that's fair. Because if you think about it, like I followed the Legend of Zelda series through many different consoles, including the Game Boy, including... Well, not the 3DO. I, I I didn't hate myself enough for that. It was the um, um, CDI. Or yeah, CDI one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and no, I didn't hate myself for that enough to. I've seen uh, I've seen the Game Grumps play those games, and I'm like, oh my god, they're it's awful. Bad. It's they're bad. awful. Yeah, they are so bad. What's worse <sighs> is the controller is so bad too for that. 
But yeah, I mean that that's kind of like I said, I, I I associate more with like board and card games a lot of times when it comes to stuff like that. You know, and I probably will continue to because it's funny just, because that's where I gravitate to as well. I can tell you, I got stuck with the video game. Like even now, the main reason I go to video games is just because it's something I can do just to kind of relax because I. I miss, I don't really have that niche that I can get together with and play board games or card games with anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, my husband loves playing cards. And so, like, if we get together with, um, go visit my parents or something like that, we'll play cards with them. But outside of that, I don't really have a group to play board games or card games with. And I love that interaction. Um, don't get me wrong, I like video games. But I love that human that that interaction with other people when you're sitting around the table playing cards or a board game or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I actually look for. So when I'm looking at board games, first of all, I do like to try and play them first before I purchase them if I can. Um, or I go with. Like friends' recommendations, especially especially friends that like the type of games I like, because I've got other friends who like worker placement games, but they look, they're very much more of the, like the more intensive type games. So like, for instance, there's another worker placement game called twilight Imperium. It's an expensive game, but it is a worker placement game. However, I based on what I've seen uh, and what they've told me, those games can go 12 hours long plus. No, it's like playing Monopoly. Much worse. Because well, it's way Monopoly more... Co- the wait, it's correct rules. No. Well, yeah. I can take no one play. By the way, no nobody one plays, plays Monopoly, Monopoly by the correct rules. I was actually writing a pilot for like a YouTube series to work, to work with a friend uh, to, um, you know talk about classic game classic board games and how how we don't play them right and mm-hmm. and throw throw our own different twists on the game and stuff like that so yeah. um monopoly was the first was going to be the pilot episode because no one plays that game by the right rules no but no then we were going to we were going to alter the rules considerably um like using a d20 instead of a d uh, 2d6 and all kinds of other stuff yeah it, it, we were going to be doing like crazy things with the game of monopoly um we just never we just never uh got it off the ground it, we we couldn't see where it would go from after the first episode so um it just kind of died in pre-production basically so well monopoly writing. i mean Monopoly is really the, the the shining example of that. I can't really think of any other games that pe that people just don't play by the correct rules on on purpose. That majority of the people I meet, like I mean, there are certain like Uno we talked about a minute ago. There are certain Uno rules that people may change just depending on who you play with. They've got their own little certain Uno rules, but outside of that, Monopoly is really the big one that's just universal. Everybody. You know, you land on free parking, you get the money or what, you know, which is not in the rules, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that sort of thing, the free parking with the money or, or just whatever, whatever. Uh, that's the biggest one that comes to mind right now that everybody does. That's not even in the rules. So, but 
but yeah, it's um, but yeah, that's the only one I can think of. So I can see why that didn't go. Yeah. Well, what, what the idea was to talk about the classic game, uh-huh. but then make it put a big twist on it. Uh-huh. You know, make it to where it was way more complicated than the original game. You know? Oh, I see what you're saying. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like so it's like take Monopoly and instead of using two D six, use uh, a, you know, different use poly yeah. use yeah. use different polyhedral dice, for instance, and and have different rules for the properties and such and and stuff like that. So um, there was going to be all kinds of different weird stuff um, that was going to be done you know, to make it more entertaining to watch. And cause like playing, just playing monopoly on YouTube, just no one's going to watch that Roll for intellect. Let's see if you can outwit the banker. Yeah. <laughs> Probably nothing quite like that. Since you never, you're not even really supposed to have a official banker, but whatever. The, no, you're um, not supposed to have an official banker, but ev- that's another one. Everybody always has the official banker. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you you say roll for intellect. So that's kind of the funny thing. It's like, you know, we talked about D&D. So I actually, my first experience with Dungeons and Dragons, um, funny thing about it was I played it at Boy Scout camp when I was a counselor at Boy Scout camp. That was actually where I got my first set of dice. Really? Was through uh, during that. Is it typical to play Dungeons and Dragons at Boy Scout camp? So again, we were counselors, and one of the things was we were uh, we were counselors at week long, at a week long camp. Did you throw we a Ouija down... board while you were at it there, Satan? No, no. We because you but... know Dungeons and Dragons is of the devil. Yeah, well, so is Harry Potter too. But you know, <laughs> so is Pokemon. Well, I mean, everything is. Let's be honest. <laughs> we're all going to hell, and you know what? It's going to be one hell of a party. Um. Anyways, the. So, but yeah, one of the things though, with week long camp, we were down there for eight weeks for summer camp and we had scouts that would come from all over, really all over the country to our camp, but they would leave by, they would come in Sunday morning and leave by Saturday morning. So from Saturday afternoon or no, they would come in Sunday evening and leave by Saturday morning is the way it worked. So we had the downtime for like 36 hours every week. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much you can do when you're out in the middle of the woods. And like when I was a counselor, I didn't even have a car at the time. So it wasn't like I was driving anywhere during that time or, and I, I wasn't 18. So what the hell was I going to do on my free time out in the middle of nowhere? So Meditate. one of the guys, no, I, I, for 36 hours? No, thank you. Hey, they do it in Survivor for 39 days. Well, they don't meditate, but yeah. yeah. They also bitch and moan at each other all the time, too. So they, well, they also talk about nothing. Experience. I mean, yeah, what we see much. on TV is just a small frag- fragment of the th- of those three each of those three days. So. Yeah, and even then they kind of even even then they kind of poke and prod at them because they have them do challenges and stuff. So it's like, but anyways, get, uh, that's getting off topic a bit. Yes. So, but one well, early on, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's not a good. It's not a. It's a good game, game. but sh- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So anyways, but during the first off week while we were down there, they're like, Hey, do you want to, do you want, because obviously I gave off a nerd vibe because I was one. Um, they said, Hey, do you want to join our D and D game? And I'm like, Oh, uh, yeah, but I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never played D and D before. I don't even have dice. I know it uses dice. They're like, well, all right, this first weekend that we have off, we'll have you join the game with us, but we'll take you into town. So we, because they knew a local game store. And that's where I ended up purchasing my first dice set. Um, and I actually still have them to this day uh, in my collection. So um, I don't use them anymore. Um, I found cooler looking dice. Do you still use dice or do you use like dice um, app on your phone or whatnot that some people use? Um, I still prefer using regular dice. Mm -hmm. Um, I much prefer that over. Yeah. Cause it, it seems way more random than anything you would get on, on any sort of application because it's not random. No, it's not computer, um, computer, no, no, no. computer programs are not written to be random. No, there is no such thing as true random when it comes to computer programs. Yes. No. And I just feel like every time I use a computer program, because I have used digital dice before, and I just feel like I do so much worse that way. And it's not because I'm using loaded dice or anything like that. It just feels like it just feels like they roll way lower than what they should. Yeah. Because you're not. There's something about rolling the dice in your hand, actually having the dice in your hands it's a lot more yeah. interesting and exciting to uh -huh. me to see the dice land on a 20 yeah or to land on a one yeah right in front of you as opposed to as a the, number just pop up on a screen yeah as opposed to playing it like it's problematic trouble pretty much yeah 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 so i get where you're going so, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of my thing with that. It's like, I'd much rather use regular dice. Have I done digital dice before? Yes. In fact, as a matter of fact, the game I did on Friday, um, while I was actually working, um, we were using digital dice for, it, and it was fine. I didn't roll very well, but it was fine. So, um, you know, what's funny is I'm a D and D virgin. Okay. Uh-huh. Never played. D &D. I think a lot more people are like that than people realize. Yeah, but I want to play D and D. I just never have. Just a lot of times, it's finding the group. That's kind of the yeah. hard problem. I've found I've got some good close friends that play D and D. And See, that's part the of thing, that is though you have to have friends. I mean, you're not wrong. And then you have to know people. You have to willingly put yourself out to get to know people. And to ask questions and and to go I'll be honest, the, the 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 friends I play D and D with, um, they've kind of uh, fallen into my lap. It wasn't necessarily I went whoa, whoa, out whoa, searching. Whoa, 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 whoa! This isn't that kind of a podcast. They're straight. Come on. <laughs> Again, this isn't that kind of a podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, you know it's a bad joke when you're the only one laughing at it. I'm laughing internally, I guess. And there goes the yawn. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I've I've had a very long weekend. I've done a lot of work uh -huh. this weekend, so. But no, no, go ahead, go ahead. So basically, the uh, the 
friends you have have just kind of fallen into your lap. So, yeah, yeah pretty much. Like most of them, I I found through work actually. So, uh, and and it was just by happenstance. Um, uh, sorry, I'm typing something. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I found them through my workplace. Uh, in particular, so the first real D and D game since Scout Camp that I actually got into was through a coworker. And because of her, I found the friends that I, the, the friends that I have actually stuck with and played the play D and D with most times now. Huh. Um, I actually don't talk to her anymore. There's a whole reason and a whole story that I'm not going to get into because yeah, it's that's not, not worth your time yeah. and effort. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it's one of those, it's one of those, I made a decision years ago and I'm glad I made that decision because I know so much more now after, after that decision than I did before then. So, okay. Um, so, um, but yeah, basically it, it, it's one of those, like I, I just kind of found them through work. Mm-hmm. And even then I found them through a person, through a person at work. And I wouldn't have necessarily gone and talked to these people myself. They weren't like actual colleagues of mine that I would, that I work with them in the same greater group at my work, but I would have never interacted with them professionally Yeah, to even know that they were into D and D or into geeky stuff like I was. Mm-hmm. But because of that, like I've got probably the strongest friendships I've ever had. Um, So uh, it, it's because of this. And I, I'm very happy with it because now I wish we played more often. Um, we played a, we played a week ago and we're not going to play for another three weeks. And it's like, I kind of wish that wasn't the case. I'd, I'd much rather play every other week, which is what we used to do pre-pandemic uh-huh. or try to do pre-pandemic. But everyone else has got their own lives and stuff. And I totally get that. But it's it's one of those... I want to play more if I can. Um, but like I've gotten so much into it now that I'm actually writing a game. I'm in the process of outlining what I want to happen in a game for D and D that I would run myself um, and have other players in it. And yeah, I, I, I would really like to do that. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I might run this game like when the current uh when the current game I'm in it, when she's ready to take a break, there may be an opportunity for me to be able to do to run this game. But it, but again, I've got plenty of time to do that because we're still you know, we still got a ways to go for this one from what I can tell. So. so yeah, but um, but yeah, no. D and D is one of those things that I've got. I've got to find a local group to get into that's willing to take some D and D virgin. I need to pop that D and D cherry of mine. Well, and it it, it doesn't say? even need to. Is be that weird an, to say? Not not really. Uh-huh. Like it it's it can it's like being a virgin. It can be very nerve wracking trying to get into your first game. Like you're you're especially going to be, you know. Um, 
You're, you, I, I, I could see, I could see where you could be very nervous trying to get into a game that you've never played before, and you're playing with a bunch of other people um, that know the game, which is actually the best way to start playing D and D is to play it with a group of people that already know what they're doing, that are welcome, are welcoming to a newcomer too. Yes. Yes. No, I agree with you there. Yep. Um. Because otherwise, you can. There's a lot of rules when it comes to D and D, and there's a lot of versions. D and D is a very general term that people use, but D and D is a very specific way to play the game. And, but there are a lot of different uh, role playing games that are out there, similar to D and D, that have totally different rules. Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things too. It's like, like. There's, you know, there's two different systems I've played in the past. One's called Pathfinder, which is, and then the other one is literally just Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the current version's fifth edition. Yeah. See, Pathfinder is the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about different versions. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But there's even more, there's even more versions of more systems. There's a Star Wars system, for Mm -hmm. instance. There's a there's a star Trek system that plays, there's a superhero uh, system that plays totally different rules and everything, anything else. Uh-huh. So um, there's so many ways to play a D and D type game. Just usually people say D and D because it's the most well-known, you know? So, um, but like, I encourage people like, get into trying those things, trying the different ways to play the game. Cause it's, I enjoy it a lot. Like Kleenex. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's kind of the brand name. So is- it's also just, it's also just very well done. Yeah. Like the fifth edition rule set that we play like the rule book that we use to play the game is very, it, it's pretty easy to figure things out. And even then a lot of times people make their own house rules for stuff and you can very easily integrate that into your game. Mm-hmm. And it can be as something like a silly rule, like, um, you know, every time you roll a 15, you know, you got to get up and, do the hokey pokey or something stupid like that. You can always make stupid rules like that, but one like house rules for, you know, there, there can be other different house rules. It's like, if you make the GM laugh or something like that, she gives you inspiration and you can use that inspiration to re-roll a die. Yeah. So, that's cool. So I mean, yeah, like the, you can always have stuff the, like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it can be very, it can be very versatile and you can do whatever you want to with it to make it more fun for your play group or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if anybody out there lives in, I'm just going to say central Florida, um, lives in central Florida. Cause everybody associates central Florida with what city? Orlando. Thank you. Yes. So Yay. Here's the thing about here, Here's the thing Hello? about that. Uh-huh. What's become bigger over the past year uh-huh. is D and D over Discord. 
Yeah, but that involves meeting people online, and I'm even worse than that at that than meeting people in person. I mean, fair, fair. No. But you can get groups of people to do D and D sessions over Discord. Uh, to be honest, over the past year, up until last weekend, that was how our small group that we knew in person. That's how we were doing D and D was over Discord. We weren't yeah, meeting together in person, each other in person. Well, though. yeah, I mean that's fair. But but I could see doing you know I could see doing a, a just doing it over Discord with people. It, it helps to do the game with people you know. It yeah. really does. Yeah. Instead of complete strangers. Yes. Um, it can be a much more enjoyable the experience. Strangers theme just popped in my head. But go ahead. Oh God! Again. <laughs> I hate that show. <laughs> it was. It was okay. Well, I don't really care for sitcoms of that era. So. It was okay. I I can't say that I enjoyed it that much, but I watched it. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, what after after however many seasons it was, and I can't believe I still remember their names, but cousin Belky still acted like he just moved to the to 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 the states like yesterday. Oh, it's kind of like yeah. Data on Next Generation. He never grew. You know? Well, I he mean, he was a machine for crying out loud. No, so. but the whole concept was he was supposed to be learning how to be more human by being around humans, and he never evolved like like the like their intention was supposed to be. They just he was still he never learned how to say contract use contractions. You know, he never, he never, I know this is so stupid, but the, the holographic doctor on Voyager evolved more over the series than Data did. So. Right. But it, the, the, that's, I think maybe splitting hairs a little bit, but. Whoa, 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 whoa. I ain't got nothing against Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny did not age well, by the way. There's some very, uh. I'm not if you haven't, yeah. If you haven't watched it lately, it it's it's what classic Looney, Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Classic Looney Tunes did not age well, but there's a lot of things that didn't age well. But there's some definite things in there like that weren't well handled back then. Let's put it this way. Well, I mean. You can not even go back that far. I mean, yeah, there there are a lot of stuff that we grew up loving from the seventies and eighties that didn't age well either because of the content. True. Because what was okay back then isn't so much okay now, you know. So there's a lot of that too. It's not just. I mean, honestly, the first Back to the Future was kind of that way. Uh, it, there it was quite a bit. There okay was quite a bit. Your mother. I mean. To make out with your mother, that's still kind of gross. I mean, the amount of rape in that movie was kind of over the top, too, if you think about it. <laughs> eh. Yes. Just there. You know what's funny about that movie is they. I mean, had a, a lot, hard, but well, sure. they had a hard time shop when they were shopping that movie around. They had a hard time getting a. Um, a distribution deal because at that time most of the company uh, most of the um, 
studios they were going to didn't want any part of it because it was a teenage movie or uh, that wasn't R-rated. It was too clean because, you know, back then a lot of the teenage movies were, were rated R. And then Disney didn't want it because it was too dirty. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, so it, they... You know, they they had a hard time shopping that one around back then. So Although doesn't doesn't Disney kind of own Deadpool now? Yeah, and they're still trying to figure out what to do with him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wouldn't it and, be something if Deadpool and, entered the MCU and actually had a proper Disney? Wouldn't that be weird? Well, no, what's even weirder is the fact that they also own Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, they do, don't they? Is is Doctor Frankenfurter a Disney princess now? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I get your joke, but yeah, I mean, kind of, kind, yeah, show now, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, cool. Sure. There's a whole lot of those type of things that they own. Like, they own Archer now, technically. So yeah. it's like, I mean, and that show certainly is not clean by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of their, a lot of the stuff that they purchase like that, though, is going on to Hulu as opposed to, say, Disney Plus or something. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what's weird is they Which still, is I guess, Deadpool have... Deadpool is now, by the way. Oh, that's where Deadpool is now? Yeah, it's okay. over on Hulu. Well, so that's kind of the thing is like some of the stuff that Disney owns still is on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Because um, of the Netflix for, deal. Yeah, and, and it's going to be that way for a while. Yeah, because of the contract. Um, they can't just remove yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the reason I know that is like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still sitting over on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I want to say up until just recently, I think Moana was sitting on Netflix still. I could see that. But yeah, it's because of the deals. They can't just break the contract. So, I mean, they could, but it would cost them too much money. Well, they've, they're making money hand over fist right now. So well, I think once the contract's over, I wouldn't be surprised if they were to pull it. So, eh, Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely will. I think they're doing the bare minimum on Netflix of what they have to do to keep mm -hmm. the contract happy. So. I mean, I hate it. I like Netflix, but there's just nothing on Netflix that is compelling enough for, for me to keep my subscription. And I hate it because I've had a Netflix subscription since, since like, 05, you know, back in the DVD yeah, I, days. Yeah, I've had, I yeah, I, I've had one for that long as well. Um, uh, there's a few series I really like, and I'm very excited to hear that special um the second season's coming out this month so i'm very happy to hear that that was one i really enjoyed that was about the uh, I, and i i forget his name but he's it's it's his basically his true life story uh about um he is he's a gay man who has cerebral palsy and he starts working for a buzzfeed type uh online magazine and stuff except for they think he is the reason he walks funny and looks the way he does is because he was hit by a car, which he was, but not hard enough to actually, not actually cause what, what he's going through. So he hid it from them when he first started working with them, apparently. 
Um, it's a really funny show if you haven't seen it. it I, I highly suggest it. So it's making fun of the disabled? Well, no, it's not. It's not. It, it shows his struggle. It, it's, And he has gone through some struggles because his obviously his mother babied him a little bit and was reluctant to let him move out on his own and... And uh, it's it, it's basically he's telling his own life story. He's actually acting in his own because he wrote it. Mm-hmm. The main actor, he wrote it, and it's about his life story. Um, so it, it's definitely not making fun. It's making fun of some of the situations he's had to deal with. I was giving he, you a hard time about that, but yeah, right, 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 right. No, but I, I want to be clear about that. It's like it's not making fun of people with cerebral palsy. Um, and quite frankly, I would, I would date him if, it, if he was at all even interested in me, which he probably wouldn't be, but you never know. Okay. So, but, um, really good one. And I, I'm very happy to hear that he got a second season for his show. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There, There's other little things. Like I said, that's where I found Hannah Gadsby's stand-up specials and stuff like that. And yeah, I really like her stuff. Yes, amongst other things. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, also, the patriarchy and, and um, other things like that. So, I mean, she's a lesbian. and But she's also... There's often, nothing wrong you know, with that. That's okay. Well, no, I've got... Actually, I just got two new neighbors that live right next to me here that are out and open lesbians, and it feels great. I told him when I first met him, I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so great because I live in a very suburban part of the area that is very red state, and there just isn't open gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender people in my area. And they put a rainbow flag on their front door. And I was so incredibly happy to talk with them and meet them. And they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. And cool. I'm so happy they're living that right next door to me. That's cool. So, yep. So, um, I think that's about it though, Charles. Yeah. We've kind of, we, we wandered away from the topic quite a we bit. We really so. did. So if anybody's still watching or listening and watching, uh, if yeah, anybody's still listening, we ought to do that one day start no no no, <laughs> no i i I'm, i must insist that that is not an actual thing that happens okay i'm good with that i'm i'm too distracted i'm well again for those who don't know and this is something i told brad before we started um i'm actually doing other things while we're we're sitting here talking about this i i can multitask like the best of them basically and i've been doing that the whole time and Doing multitasking while I'm on video, I would not do well with that. No, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Okay, yeah. So no, no, I'm I'm kidding about that. So um, but yeah, it um. So anyway, we we've definitely strayed from the topic, but I think we've um, that's pretty much about it. Um, so Charles, where can they um, where can they uh, find you? On well, internet, so person. Well, I mean. No one wants to find me in person, but that's a whole different subject. Um, uh, the best place you, you can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet as Chuck AW nineteen seventy seven. That includes Twitch, Twitter, that sort of thing. The only place I'm not that is uh, I'm Chuck AW on YouTube. And here's a here's a shocker, Brad. Mm-hmm. 
I actually put a video up on YouTube this week. Oh my God. I know, right? So video talking about how much you hate putting up videos on YouTube. No, I, okay. So in all fairness, I, uh, put a, a clip of one of my, uh, streams up there. Well, that's not hard to do. Well, I edited it and put in titles. I actually did the work. All right. Did you do one of those thumbnail images where you've got the title of the video on there and you making an excited face while you point? To the no, title? I didn't do anything like that because <laughs> I'm not a real I'm not a real YouTuber in that respect. Like and subscribe. But, Make sure you hit that bell. No, I don't. I don't care about that. But I would. I would. I mean. I mean, if they want to, if they want to follow me on Twitch, I'd be okay with that. But it's just one of those. Uh, YouTube I, do whatever. I, I, I make fun that. because I hate that kind of thing. But yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's obvious, it, but I mean, it's also really funny. So, mm-hmm. um, so, but no, I didn't do anything like that, but it does have an entitled pointing them to my, uh, pointing them to my Twitch stream. So that's kind of a thing, but, but it was, it was a, it was kind of a clip thing I did for one of the magic games I played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to get a clip of some really kind of funny things that happened during the game. So, and if you um, want to see more of my antics, go over here to this other site. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. So, yeah. All right. So, where can they find your stuff, Brad? I think we kind of did this backwards, but okay. So, yeah, normal. Yeah, I'm not as complicated as Charles is. You can find me everywhere on the internet as Brad the Blind. Nice. I'm not the complicated one anymore. No, you're not. No. Um, but how about getting hold of the gamer show? Well, the gamer show, um, you can send an email to the gamer show podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can, if, if this is your first time listening, uh, you can subscribe on anchor, anchor.fm slash the gamer show, G A Y M E R. Um, also, um, you'll find the link in the, in the description or in the, sh- uh, the show notes or the description to our, um, discord channel. So feel free to hit us up. Um, you know, uh, questions, comments, snide remarks, anything. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, all right. Well, that's been fun, Brad. It was fun reminiscing about our past. Like, ab- that. absolutely. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs>